Hello, everyone, and I hope we have good communications on this episode of Nani's Tunes with Avery and Lena. Let's kick it. (laughs) (laughs) How are we going to kick it? Old school. Going to kick it root down. (laughs) Okay. That's enough of that shenanigans. I'm surprised you didn't give me a head shake on how bad that opening was, like you usually do. (laughs) But it sounds like you already had something else planned, so. (laughs) Kind of, but. And if you don't know by now, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we are going to do, well, we're not doing, we're going to talk about Ill Communications by BC Boys, which was released on May 31st, 1994. Sure was. Yeah. And I hope you enjoyed that little fact, and we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you have something to say about the album. Oh, no. We do. We do have a lot to say okay. about the album. A lot to say about the Beastie Boys. I I know that there's a lot to say about the Beastie Boys, so I I didn't look up too too much. Like I didn't go down that rabbit hole. I went down other rabbit holes. Okay. But yeah, because like the Beastie Boys are so good and they've been around for a long time. So it's it I was so since nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, and that was gonna be sort of my Canadian connection, but I didn't have to go down that rabbit hole because there was a girl that I knew that was born in 1978, <laughs> but I didn't have to go down that rabbit hole. I found another one, but yeah, they've been around for a while and put out a lot of music. So They started out as a hardcore punk band, the Young Aberjeans in 1978. There's some other members, some yeah. weren't, and they got together as the Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I wrote down. Okay. I found that. It really interesting that they toured with Madonna in 1985 before License to Ill. I did not know that. Well, they of course, did. 1985, it was well before License or A year before li- okay. License to Ill. Not Ill Communication and that yes, going to mess me up. I'm probably going to say the wrong things. <laughs> okay. Well, at least you can say the wrong things. Did you know this album? I, mean, <laughs> I did know this album because I used to own this album. Did you? And as an immature teenager, I would constantly put on the repeat of, if I knew it was this kind of party, I would have stuck my dick in the mashed potatoes. Now, I couldn't remember which album I had, but it was Licensed to Ill that I had. Okay. (laughs) And I like this one better. Okay. Beastie Boys, and it's funny you brought that up about the mashed potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) The mashed potatoes, not the penis part. I found there was... An evolution of the Beastie Boys, not just like from punk to like rap or hip hop, but just I found their older stuff like Fight for Your Right to Party is the first one that comes to mind, like so juvenile and so funny. Yes. But I'm going to say something after a while. I now hate that song. (laughs) I used to like it. Okay. But I like that they've evolved. There's still their like tongue in cheek stuff on this and the good yeah. reps, but there's some other like evolution of their style, like especially as they become more kind of aware. And they had like the Tibetan concert to raise awareness and about people's plight in Tibet. <laughs> Don't ask me really to break down that plight, but are you looking for the word mature? Yes, they've matured. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I like this album better. From what I remember, it's been a while since I listened to License to Ill as well. Maybe since the 90s, early 2000s. I've listened to songs off of it, but not the whole album. Okay. 
Yeah, I get that. There were so many almost like inside jokes in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah. jokes, but there's a lot of references to people we have no idea who they are, except <laughs> for I looked them up. Like Mary O.C.? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like even oh, just... S- sorry, I think Mary, when they referenced Mary O.C., that was from... The other one. Intergalactic know, but... Hello Nasty, yeah. Yeah. Like Bobo on the Corner was written by Eric Bobo. Who the hell's that guy? <laughs> he was oh, on yeah. the album, but... Even Sabotage, they're talking about their um, sound engineer who would yell at them to, like, just finish a song. Heart Attack Man. Uh Uh-huh. That's about their editor for their magazine, Bob Mack. He had a friend who came, who was a bigger guy who came to the studio looking for Bob Mack one day, and they ended up playing an impromptu game of basketball. Uh And it led to the song Heart Attack Man. Eugene's lament. Eugene is the guy in the uh, playing the violin. Like just little things like that. Like how would you even really know that kind <laughs> of thing if you know if you didn't do research? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I did. Well, that's and, why you're here, so you can tell us all about it. And there were some really good uh, guests on this album. Yeah, Biz Markey, Q-Tip. Yeah, there were a lot of. Yes. Well, when you have, what was it, 20-some songs? 20. Exactly 20 songs. 20 songs on the album? You might have a couple guests. Yes. And such a varied album. That's what... I I haven't listened to the whole album in years. So it was nice to re-listen. And yeah, what you said, there's so much variety on this album. Whether it's just like rap, hip-hop. I found Jazz instrumentals. Yeah. (laughs) I, I wrote that down too. There was some instrumentals. Like there was definitely some seventies porn sounding instrumentals. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say punk influence. Like yeah, if I went into CBGBs, that's definitely there. They probably got some of that influence. Heart Attack Man. Yeah, kind of yeah. hard. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, it was a little, all over the place, but it was interestingly all over the place. Like some of those songs weren't too long either. So if you didn't yeah. like them, you did, couldn't. You didn't, didn't even have, have to skip it. Yeah, yeah. It was like an an experience listening to the CD. Yeah, I could I could understand that. I also like how one thing they're kind of known for is like finishing finishing each other's lines or rapping together at the end of lines. Yeah. there was some of that, but it wasn't all of that. They kind of moved away from that. Not moved away, but they showed they could. They're they're more than that. Okay. You're yeah. looking at me with your eyes closed like you don't agree or you're no, trying no. to like spit it out, Lena. No, I'm just listening along and hearing what you have to say. <laughs> Buddhist chants. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what I expected as well, but but I do know kind of their history a bit and yeah. how they cared about Tibet and so became I think they were one of the guys was Buddhist anyway, so Yes, they were, because when I was looking them all up in their personal lives, like a creep, I saw that. <laughs> I think it was Adam Yotch. Yes, it was. That, yeah, yeah, because he went hiking in Nepal. Yeah. Then, yeah. I have nowhere to throw this in that really makes sense, but did you re- do you know their um, connection to the mullet? Mullet? Didn't they come up with the term mullet? As far as anyone can understand, because I, I 
listened to a whole podcast about it a couple of months ago and yeah. I forgot about it. But um, the first reference to calling that haircut the mullet came in their uh, magazine. They had a magazine, weirdly enough. I mentioned <laughs> Bob Mack was the editor of it. And they also had a 1994 song, Mullet Head. I think it was like a B-side on one of their or something. Like it okay. wasn't a well-known song, but yeah, mullet. That was the first reference to that word anywhere that if someone knows a different one let me know because i'll contact this podcast whose name i can't remember that really dive dove deep into it i almost said doved <laughs> i also and there's no other place to just put this in organically i listen to a podcast called i'm a fan feminist but and then like you have to finish that sentence and i realized years ago uh, that I'm a fan of feminist, but I really love the song Girls by the Beastie Boys, <laughs> which isn't on this album, but that's the 80s. So, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that's my little spiel about it. So do you have some favorite songs or song off the album? Uh, I had a couple that I really liked. Or just wait. Okay, tell me that. But I have another follow-up <laughs> question afterwards. There are a few that I liked. I really liked Get It Together. Okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, a sure shot I really like. That might be that's that might be my favorite, but then I read I discovered some this time. Okay. I really like Sure Shot cuz they say Rod Carew and for those who don't know that's my maiden name is Carew. My <laughs> <And the laughs> name and my last name in a song is also kind of good. And I like um Root Down. What about you? Well, sabotage is up there for me. Mm -hmm. And what the question I was going to ask you is: there any memories that that you may have thought about with this album? And sabotage definitely sticks out for me because, like, watching much music as a kid and seeing this song on, like, it was in heavy rotation on much music. And I remember like watching it before I go to school, and so that definitely brings up some memories with me. And that's the song that stands out for me then. And still, like, I still enjoy that song to this day. It's an awesome music video. A lot of people cite it as one of the best music videos. It's always on best music video lists that I see. And Spike Jones directed it. Yeah. yeah. I don't necessarily have any memories. I have, like, not fun memories. I have Shore Shot on my playlist for running so like <laughs> running in our community brings up uh, that's what it brings up those memories which are good memories but not anything that old that's like a month ago <laughs> so you know nothing like that but and uh sabotage has been in some movies and things too yeah like star trek beyond yeah that was my first yeah i can remember them going down that car down the hall yeah. highway it, and it's been in some other things. I think it was yeah. in a SpongeBob or something. I looked it up, but I forget now. Okay, yeah. I, I, I do you want to know my Canadian connection? Sure, sure. So shot, <laughs> sure shot. <laughs> they sample Jeremy Stieg as a flautist. His song "Howlin' for Judy." He, his dad, wrote the book Shrek. Okay. Sure shot was in Shrek Forever After, and Shrek is Mike Myers. <laughs> it was Canadian. <laughs> Ta-da! Oh, hey, I had a different Canadian okay, connection. Okay, good. 
I thought you'd have the same for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. The exact that. same. It's really obscure. It was hard to find a Canadian connection for me. <laughs> but for this it. is the only time I'm going to play this card. <laughs> because it's really easy to play this card. The label. Capitol Records. It was on Capitol Records. And so Capitol Records had a division of Canada, Capitol Records Canada. And they had Canadian artists like Anne Murray. So, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the reason I bring up that is Universal Canada donated all the EMI music archives, like all the EMI Music Canada archives to the University of Calgary. So Capitol Records was bought by EMI. You know, keep companies keep on being yeah, yeah. bought and sold. So it's interesting that, you know, it's just down the road from us that we should go check out this archives if we're allowed to. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to break in like some Mission Impossible heist and see what kind of music they have in the vault. I feel like we could have something like Ricky's theme playing in the background as we're doing a heist. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that guy that was named after Ricky Powell, who was a photographer in the hip hop scene at the time. Like just some kind of obscure things, and something I a fan wrote is how basketball is prevalent throughout the okay. just little like hints about basketball, and they mention like Heart Attack Man, they're playing a game and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I just gave one. <laughs> I do really, and I can't think of any off the top, like the top of my head. They really have some great rhymes, some great actual lyrics. I don't know. I just like. I've got mad hits like how is Ron Carew again? Or Rod, <laughs> Rod Carew, but they've always even like I can't I think of any off the top of my head, but they do have some really great I should have written some down. <laughs> well, they do talk about Spock, so there's another Star Trek connection. There you go. And we were in Vulcan <laughs> last weekend for <laughs> for Spock days. Yes. So there we go. Yeah, it was a it was a surprisingly varied CD. Yeah, it was. I wasn't expecting that much variety. Like, it kind of slipped my mind on that part of the CD. So I enjoyed the variety on it. Yeah. But it had me looking up some of their other songs that I've forgotten about, which is one yeah. of the good things about this podcast is I might look up other CDs as well and be like, oh, yeah, that song. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. So it did reach number eight on a. Canadian top albums slash CDs, hmm. but it did become number one on the U.S. Billboard two, top two hundred. Nice. So, and then it went triple platinum in Canada, which was three hundred thousand sold CDs sold. I guess probably tapes as well because yeah, tapes were still ninety four. Yep. Yeah, and three times platinum, which is three million in the states. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's it for my uh, chart topping facts. Yeah, I've jumped around the place and just <laughs> spouted things as I thought of them as usual. But So are you happy you picked this album? Oh, for sure. I, I didn't know this album, and I wasn't sure if I knew it or not. <laughs> and that sounds ridiculous, but I owned a lot of CDs <laughs> before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you picked it, too, because it was fun to re-listen to it. Yeah, and I've been kind of like, I don't know. It, it can. It's funny. There's like a mellow vibe if I was in that mood or just really like 
yeah, sabotage. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually going around singing Root Down and like kicking the air, feeling like some sort of weird badass. You go, girl. (laughs) When I was home alone the other day. So, you know, just, yeah, I'm very glad I picked it. I, a CD that I didn't know, but I knew some songs, but really only two, and now love and will listen to over and over again. It's a good, well, kind of. Here's what sucked about this album, which has nothing to do about the album. You can't find it on Google Home. I asked for it to play Ill Communication. <laughs> and finally, it played music after saying it couldn't find anything. They're like, and here, and they played Loser by Beck. It, Google. It. They <laughs> played, played, uh, loser by Beck and it just blew my mind that it didn't even just play Sure Shot or something it played <laughs> something that wasn't even the Beastie Boys and that happened twice to me that it ended up playing Beck <laughs> but it ended up playing it just randomly throughout the day one morning when I wasn't home just because I forgot to turn Google off also in his will which guy passed away was it MCA Adam Yaw anyway I wrote that down too. Yeah, it was. It he was. Died yeah, in, 2012. Yeah, after they were put, they were the admitted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame third rap group. He died huh. the next year. But anyway, he put it in his will forbidding the Beastie Boys to use music in ads. Ah, uh. yeah, just kind of interesting. They probably weren't going to anyway. They don't seem to have that vibe about them, <laughs> and they probably made a lot of money too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but I am glad they got away from their partying. Like, it seemed like in the 80s they were just trying to piss people off with their hard party kind (laughs) of, like, they were arrested, I guess, sometimes, and they incited some riots at their shows, and they seemed to grow away from that and really kind of, I think, maybe just focus on the music more than the image and let the image kind of, like, let their music dictate their image yeah. instead. It almost seemed like they were trying too hard a little in the eighties when you look back. So Well how to stand out between all those shoulder padded groups. And- yeah, exactly. And it worked. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's no uh it, it makes sense. That's no animosity. I'm not th- throwing shade at them. <laughs> but yeah. And now I'm looking at you. Do you have anything else to add? I have nothing else to add about this album. This is one of my favorite parts of the podcast is finding out what you want you're choosing for the next one well we sort of talked about this for a long time because we're it's we've kind of, talked about it but not as yeah not with our listeners our listeners but canada day is right around the corner yes canada so day. one of my favorite canadian things about canadian music is brian adams and we're going to talk a lot about what constitutes as Canadian music next week and the Maple Test, M A P L. You told me it was yeah. a different artist one day, but Brian yeah. Adams, which yeah. CD? We'll talk Waking about. Waking Up the Neighbors Waking by Brian up. Adams is what we're going to talk about. But we're definitely going to get into the Maple system and the rules around that, what constitutes Canadian artists, and, you know, in Canada, you have to play a certain amount of Canadian music on the radio for your radio stations. TV has to have a certain amount of Canadian content as well. 
and everything that goes around that and what makes it Canadian. So he is from Canada, but yeah. Let's find out. Yeah. We'll find out more. That's great. I can't wait. Yeah. Also, don't forget to listen on Friday to 90s Tune, our mini-sode. Um, this week we are talking about Sleepy Maggie by Ashley McIsaac. Yeah, and it'll be a fun one. It's going to be easy to find a Canadian connection for that. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening.